Deep in the heart of Hell's Kitchen, New York, crime is on the rise and a shadowy figure rules the underworld. The man with no fear rises to bring justice to those who no one will protect. This man with no fear is a blind lawyer <laughs> known as... <laughs> Fucking daredevil. Daredevil. Hi, I'm Jay. I'm Stacy. And this is Marvel Movie Night. This week on Marvel Movie Night, we watched 2003's Daredevil, written and directed by Mark Johnson, featuring Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner, Colin Farrell, Michael Clark Duncan, and John Favreau. Don't forget Dr. Gray. With a surprise appearance from Dr. Meredith Gray. Ellen Pompeo is her name, maybe? Pompeo. Sure. I've heard it both ways. No, you haven't. <laughs> Apparently our road is a drag strip today. So how much do you think it costs to make this one? Oh, God, I don't know. Not as much as they should have spent, I can tell you that. I don't know. I hate this part. I don't know. Because I've seen amazing things with no budget. And terrible things with insane amounts of money. So, before you guess, I can tell you that this movie was in the works since 97. No, it was not. <laughs> There's no way they've been working on that movie that long. Revised a few times. Ugh. But when, uh, with the success of X-Men, Blade, and Spider-Man, mm -hmm. they, uh, they pumped a little more money into it. It had an inflated sense of their own talents, clearly. I'm being a little bit too rough. I, it wasn't that bad. It was just kind so, of boring. So they spent uh, $78 million of 2003's money on it. Okay. Yeah, sure. Actually, it released in February of 2003, so they probably spent $78 million of 2002's money on it. But why pick it? I don't think there's that much of a, of a difference. Opening weekend, it pulled $40 million. Debuted at number one. Really? Yep. It held number one for exactly one week. That makes sense. It grossed 102 domestic and 179 worldwide. Okay. You know, okay. I This wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen, but it wasn't great. So I mentioned it held number one for one week. Mm -hmm. That's uh, because... Those 10 people that spent that much money to watch that movie told all their friends it wasn't as good as they wanted it to be. It was unseated by a Will Ferrell movie. Most mm -mm. people will know. Mm -mm. Uh, Is old, it Elf? Old no. School. Old School. Old School? Yeah, with Frank the Tank. I have no idea who that is. Old School. Will Ferrell. What? He, what? He's a guy. He goes back to his alma mater. He ends up drinking with the people. Hilarity ensues because... Isn't that um, a Rodney Dangerfield movie and an Adam Sandler movie? No, different different movies. 
That sounds exactly like those two movies. It has no. He doesn't go back old to school. school. He just visits his old school. I think I trying to regain his lost. Youth. I think I didn't see that. Yeah, with good reason. I'm I'm sure you would have hated it. Uh, other movies you might have seen: How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Oh yes. Shanghai Night. Oh yes, I like that movie. Chicago. Uh, the one with Renee Zellweger and uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yes. I didn't see that in the theater, but Queen Latifah. Yeah. Yeah. And a Stephen King <gasps> butchered movie uh, called Dreamcatcher. Oh, uh, yeah. I did see that in the theater. It wasn't good. I mean, it wasn't, again, wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. It, it, no, it did not live up to the book. Well, as much as I love Stephen King, that's not his best work. And I do adore him. Not that he'll ever hear this, but, you know, I love him. And so Daredevil, the character, uh, debuted in Marvel Comics in April of 64. Yeah. Well. Okay. So this is. That the, explains the toxic sludge storyline. This is the infancy of the 616. Fantastic Four has been going for about two years. Spider Man hasn't been around long. I feel like you got to stop using the 616 because every time you say it, I have to stop. And remind myself what the hell that means. And it's just the area code for this particular universe. <laughs> yes, the area I code just, for this universe. Uh, this is just a little bit after the Avengers and the X-Men make their appearance. Okay. But 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 before the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well before the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And we can, we can hammer that one uh, if you want. I just want to make the point that unlike most of the superheroes with their own book, Mm-hmm. Thor and Spider-Man, uh, the Hulk. Uh, well, actually kind of like the Hulk. But anyway, unlike most of the superheroes with their own book, he did not start off in another book or another anthology. He didn't start out with a short series. Yeah, This is a comic that debuted as its own full-length magazine. Okay. So they were taking a risk with him. Were they? I mean... A little bit, yeah. And he actually... Started out with a yellow costume. He ditched that shit pretty quick. Yellow costume. Yeah, yellow arms and legs. He had like a black body, like a black leotard going on with with oh pajama arms and legs that were yellow. I um, mean, I'm assuming that this is a costume he sewed himself from things he had around the house? Probably. I mean, I like it when they do that because that that is how that would happen in real life. If I said, you're going to be a superhero next weekend, Jay... You have to put together a superhero costume from what you have available. It's going to look pretty funky. It will. Um, so the connections to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, this is well before the Turtles. I don't have their debut date. Well, they. I think they happened in the 80s. But um, the very first thing I thought, because I like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I watched the cartoon and lame. But as soon as he got hit with the sludge, I'm like, oh, because I didn't know his origin story when you forced me to watch the TV show before. Yeah. Um, so the concept that a blind man is actually, he's like um, Geordie LaForge and can see better than everyone else, even though he's blind. It drove me nuts. But as soon as he got hit with the toxic sludge, I'm like, oh, now he's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Now it makes sense. And and now I understand why he has superpowers. It's not because 
I really did think you made me watch the show and I had no experience with him at all and had no idea what was going on. I thought that those dinglings had decided that uh, the trope of blind people uh, having all of their other senses be amplified made them superheroes and they just dialed it up a bunch, which annoyed the crap out of me. It's now this is slightly better than that. Slightly. I mean, it's a lot better. It, yeah. At least it, it made sense to me. But the the Ninja Turtles are part parody, part homage, uh, but the parallels are all there. The the toxic sludge turning them into more than they are. Yeah. Um, Daredevil gets taught by a mentor called Stick, um, <laughs> which is a weird name. But and the turtles, of course, have splinter. splinter. Right. Um, Daredevil's constantly uh, fighting a uh, elite band of ninjas called the Hand, mm-hmm. and <laughs> the turtles fight the foot. <laughs> Which I, you know, <laughs> I never got that when I was a kid. It made no sense, but I just went with it, like you do. Yeah, it's it's pretty direct. They're their evolution is actually pretty interesting. Yeah. But that's a podcast for a whole nother. We need another audience. podcast where we just gab for an hour. I'd be all over that. That's pretty much what we do now, babe. No, just about random things. Oh, okay. I keep thinking of things that we should totally talk about because I'm obsessed with lots and lots of stuff. And I just like to talk. <laughs> all right. Uh, did we do first impressions? I, I don't think so. Um, well, yeah. I think that sigh at the beginning was my first impression. Okay. My mom was here, so I was a little distracted because she was in my eye line as I was watching the movie. I kept paying attention to her reactions because while I'm used to that kind of goofy comic book movie stuff, she's not. And it was hilarious. So this is a very fine point uh, because your mom is even less into superhero movies than you are. Yeah. She did watch The Hulk when she was uh, a teenager. Fair. Uh, But... She was engaged in this movie while she was watching it. Oh, yeah. She was paying attention. She was also trying to be quiet because, well, she was trying to be quiet because she knew that we were, like, taking notes and really trying to pay attention. But she was talking at the movie. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I'm, like, that's got to be a, a, a point in its favor, right? No, Mom and I just like to make rude okay. comments. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we get through things. Uh, that are not that great. I make the movie much more entertaining by making rude comments about the stupid stuff going on. She does the same thing. It was funny though. Her <laughs> were you watching her because she kept shaking her head like, "Oh my god, what is this?" It was funny. I couldn't. Every time she moved, my eye would go to her instead of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like we need to make her watch these movies because. You know, maybe I'm not the Marvel virgin I thought I was because <laughs> because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just how those movies go. <laughs> okay, so we dive in? Yeah, why not? Uh, we got the Marvel Entertainment opening. Yeah, woohoo. I think at this point we now mention the ones that don't get it because it seems to be coming standard. Um, Don't they all get it from now on? I don't know. Me neither. I know all of the MCU ones do. Yeah. Um, some of the X-Men do and some of them don't. I don't know. So we'll keep an eye on it. Well, okay. So that sounds newsworthy, I guess. I mean, you're uh, probably the only one that cares. I am. I swear I am not the only person that cares. Okay. 
there is at least one other human being in the entire world. Well, I could say that about any weird random thing I like. <laughs> it's a big um, world, babe. I will. I, I do like the uh, the artsy opening the artsy opening credits where they use the braille for the names. Yeah. That was a nice touch. Yeah. And you said that those were all, I mean, obviously they were accurate. There's no way they would just put random dots up there. Well, I mean, I don't know Braille, but the internet told me they were accurate. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen Braille enough to recognize a couple of letters. And what kind of asses would, I mean, come that, on. That would be pretty bad. These days that would get you canceled. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it's a full-on canceling, but they should definitely be called out on it. Yeah, but, I mean, how hard is it to, like, pull up the Braille alphabet and use it while you're doing this? You know, I think that about a lot of things. But people don't seem to know how to Google. So. And it was 2003. There was Google. Well, of course there was. Wait, there was a world without Google? <gasps> it was a very dark, dark world. No, it wasn't. I had encyclopedias. <laughs> <laughs> So we we open on a rat for some reason. Yeah. And then uh, zoom in on a church, blood flowing down it. As we're going to the church, we're getting fight scenes flashed at us. Yeah. Um, uh, um, and already off the top, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like this movie. And starting to get a voiceover from Daredevil. Can they stop the voiceovers also? I don't know if they can. It's... But it's so old already, and we're like, what, five movies in? Okay, but coming from the source material, especially these older characters, Stan Lee wrote a lot of exposition panels, a lot of descriptors, and, like, these older books, if you compare a 60s book to a, a 2000s book, the amount of reading that goes into one of the older books I can read five of the new ones in the time it takes me to read one of the old. Yeah. Well, my opinion is that a good movie doesn't need that much exposition. Well, that's probably true. And a good, most of the comics didn't need all of that description either. It also didn't need the superhero saying, I'm now going to punch you in the face with my super hard punch. Oh God. Yeah. But that's what they did back then. So it's kind of, Calling back to that. Yeah. But if you're doing an introduction to a character, assume that most people don't really read comic books anymore and just tell the story. Show, not tell. Yeah. Just, just do it. Uh, and that's part of the reason they, they don't, Marvel movies in general don't focus enough on the story for me. And that's why I don't like them that much. I get distracted when they're in the middle of a five-minute fight scene. That's fair. Especially when they speed up the fight scene and I don't, I can't see what's happening. Yeah. And these days especially, it's dark as hell and they've sped it up and I can't see what's going on either way. I just, I just don't know. It's made to be watched in a theater. That said, there, this this is a, a thing that I have issue with. What? Which? The, so... All of this opening scene to Daredevil on the roof of the church falls through. Yeah. The priest comes in. Yeah, that was a weird thing. Um, immediately, uh, I'm like, why is he falling on his face? What's Why do movies consistently, like all the freaking time, want to start in the middle of the story? 
I don't know. It's been happening a lot lately. It happens all the time. This is this is an all the time thing. If we had started out with him as a boy, which we're going to do, yeah, and caught up to that scene, it would not have been any less impactful. No, it wasn't impactful at all that they did that. I didn't give a crap that that guy just fell face first into the floor in a church. I was no. confused. I thought this was a superhero movie. And watching three quarters of the movie to get to that point doesn't. No. Nothing good came from that. Especially with the fight scene flashes be going up to him. Like, I don't understand. I think they're just making, they're making their Marvel movies for the comic book readers and not thinking about me. But it's not just comic book movies that do this. No, it's not. But in, in this case, I mean, they presume you already know the story. So I'm, I'm just over it. I don't know. Yeah. Me too. Uh, anytime a TV show or movie goes, uh, tells me a story and I'm like, ooh, what's this? And then they go three days later or six months ago. Yeah, yeah I'm immediately put off. Yeah. Yeah, I think you I'm, actually said that out loud this time. You actually talked out loud yeah. to this movie. I'm okay with nonlinear storytelling, but not, uh, I'm going to give you a little action and then jump back to tell you the story. Yeah. I'm, I've already bought the ticket. I'm already in the seat. I'm going to stay for the movie. I promise. <laughs> well, I mean, presumably, yeah. Uncharted did it just recently. We love that movie. But yeah. I did not need the the fight scene at the beginning to buy into that movie. No. And sometimes the movie is good enough that I forget that first scene and I go, oh, aha. But Uncharted wasn't a good enough movie to distract me that yeah. well. But then he says, your whole life flashes before your eyes, before you die. And we jump to his childhood. He's getting bullied a lot. His dad's a drunk ex-boxer. He... But a, a well-off drunk He's doing pretty well for I himself. Mean, he's drinking Heineken. We Product find placement? Possibly, because there was somebody else drinking Heineken later. Yeah. Young Matt Murdock is getting bullied is because daddy's working for one of the thugs in town. And he said he wasn't. Dad promises he wasn't. Yeah. Um, since when do kids make fun of other kids because their dad's working for the mob? I, Those are the kids you leave the fuck alone? <laughs> um, uh, if daddy's a gangster, then you can bet the kid is too. Daddy promises he's not working for the mob. A couple, scene, uh, a couple of flashes later, and Matt catches him uh, beating somebody up as an enforcer. Yeah. Shaking him down for money. <laughs> yeah. He mm. gets upset. He runs off into some industrial waste area. Yeah. And as a parent, I'd be like, look, kid, do you want to eat? Because this is what we do when we want to eat. We don't really have time for morality. Yeah. He, he, he almost runs into a forklift which then takes a sharp turn into the industrial waste. I totally thought that that forklift was going to stab him in the freaking eyes. Well, it kind of did. It stabbed him in the <laughs> eyes with industrial waste. <laughs> I just had this, like a split second before it happened, I just had this vision of him hanging off the forklift. And I'm like, oh, that's gruesome. <laughs> <laughs> Some fairly decent graphics of the industrial waste, like bonding to his optic nerves. Oh. Unnecessary completely. They could have saved themselves a little bit of cash on that one. And then he wakes up blind. I do like that they uh, they left the screen black for a few moments with the sound going on. Yeah. 
I guess. And then the rest of the movie is from his point of view, so it's all completely black screen. Now that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be novel. Cheapest movie ever made. <laughs> um, uh, the sound people better get some um, awards for that one. But we find out that his other sentences have been uh, supernaturally heightened. He, the, the drip of the IV. Is it supernatural or is it? That's natural. No, I mean. Yeah, because the, the sludge is, is not supernatural. It's real. No, but that it's it, it's not supernatural to have your your genetics modified. It's not natural. Exposure. Sure, it's natural. It's the the natural evolution of what happens to your body if you get <laughs> sprayed <laughs> with toxic chemicals. We'll throw this one to the audience. Does this qualify as supernatural? Yeah, uh, no, it doesn't. It's not supernatural. I just threw it to the audience. Well. As an audience member of the movie, I say <laughs> it's not supernatural. <laughs> Either way, he's now able to uh, see the things around him through the uh, reflection of noise. Yeah. So, but that's what it is. Echolocation. Yeah, he's that's just, He's just not, he's not making sounds to bounce off of things like a bat does. He's just using ambient sound to build a picture of the room. Yeah. Now, all, f- whatever. all four of his other senses have been heightened. Okay. It, nowhere in the movie did we get a heightened sense of taste, though, and I was waiting for him to eat a piece of cheesecake or something. That would have been great. <laughs> uh, I mean, but he said. Yeah. So it's not just echolocation. Like, he is feeling movement on his skin by the shift of air. Yeah. And so it's not entirely echolocation. And that's, that's an important distinction in the comics, but calling it echolocation for the purposes of the movie and the podcast is perfect. Well, I feel like then he should have seen that plate coming at him then. Yes. He should have ducked. Yes. That was hilarious. On to that later. On to that later. Um, but then this goes into pseudo training montage where he's learning Braille and testing his abilities. And daddy is on the straight and narrow and becoming a good boxer again. Yeah. It, sure. Why didn't he just do that before? I feel like that was the step before starting to work for the bad guys. Yeah. We get to the pivotal event of young Matt's life. His dad's getting ready to have a pretty big match. And the the mob comes in and tells him to throw the fight. Oh, not only that, but I don't think they're really the mob. We should probably stop calling them the mob. Fair enough. The 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 crime syndicate. Yeah, but he says you don't think you won all those fights by yourself. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that just kills the ego. It's probably wasn't even true. Probably not, but it sounds like it's 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 hard to disprove. Yeah. And, and being hard to disprove, I mean, it's... Might it as well re- be the truth. Yeah, might as well. It reinforces what they're saying. And you don't really... You can't really tell whether or not he's going to go through with throwing the fight. Uh, he gets knocked down pretty good. Uh, and then Matt starts cheering for him and telling him to get up and telling him that, you know, they don't quit. Yeah. 
and how do you let your kid down? That's rough. Yeah. And so he gets up and he ends up knocking the guy out. And you know this isn't going to work well. You know this isn't going to work well. It, we find out it doesn't work well because Matt's waiting for him out front. He comes out the back door, um, gets the snot beat out of him. Uh, we see the – it's obviously a really big dude that gets out of the car because you kind of see the car rise a little bit. Yeah. And then he gets beat to death. And a rose gets thrown on top of him. No, there's a gunshot. He gets shot, and then there's a oh, rose did, on top of him. Did he? Yeah, because the gunshot's what made Matt come running. Oh, um, that's fair. So uh, we fridge Dad. I don't know if we can use that as a term. We kill Dad as the motivating factor. Oh, no, I absolutely I, – I mean, I didn't say that because I, I don't like that term. It's weird. Um, But, yeah, I, why – do we always have to lose a parent? Why can't we just decide to do good for good's sake? Yeah. They always have to give a reason. Like, you can't be good unless you have a really good reason to do so. It's a little annoying. But this... Um, also, is definitely a Disney property. Because <laughs> he's now an orphan. Yep. And I don't know that we ever find out... Of, I don't know. I don't know about his mother. Uh, but he's... He's an orphan. Oh. I... Don't remember if they said anything about the mother. I don't have it in my notes. Uh, but this is so obviously this is going to define Matt Murdock going forward. Well, I would just assume like all characters that have something like this happen. Their main goal is I'm going to become badass and get the guy that killed my dad. Yeah. It's not exactly what he does, though. He's like, I'm going to get all criminals. So there are two... Uh, there are two key takeaways for Matt Murdock as a character. I have a quick question. There's a lot of Batman-esque imagery. Okay. Um, do you know off the top of your head if he's their answer to Batman? Because they did the same... You know, in Batman, they show his shadow, and he's got his little ears poked up at the top, and they did the same thing in this movie with their devil's little ho devil horns. I don't think that he was drawn as an answer to Batman, but I think the parallels are definitely there in the movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the first thing I thought of because I've seen that same Im imagery. It's, it's just seemed odd. And he's also, you know, Batman's up at the top of the building listening to and watching what's going on so he can catch bad guys. It, it just have the same feel to it. Yeah. Um, and I just wondered, because I know there are a lot of, like with when DC would come out with a, a superhero, Marvel would do something similar. There are a lot of similar. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, I villains. mean, they're in direct competition all the time. They're stealing each other's it's ideas. such a weird thing to do. Well, if it's, if it's working for the other guy. Then let's copy it. Then let's make some money off of it too. And, and that's what bothers me about these two comic book Marvel, like these two comic book. Uh, companies or whatever you want to call them because because it seems like from uh, starting a very long time ago these are all money grabs rather than uh, the art of telling a story because I would never if I wanted to tell a story I would never copy somebody else's idea and then make it my own that's it's like so, which one of these guys is the fan fiction so I would not say that the the silver age bullpen that their bottom line was making money 
are I don't I agree. I think that they had to make money in order to keep making the comics they love. Because listen, these guys weren't making a lot of money. I realize that, but so they were trying to stay alive. But you make more money by being unique, interesting, and better. Well, and that's that's where you get the Fantastic Four. That's where you get the X Men. Well, that's I mean, that's you an get, argument if you think those guys are any good. It's where you get Spider-Man, the first real teenage superhero. Yeah. I mean, it's arguable, I guess. Okay. I The way they make the movies definitely feels like a money grab. Possibly. Um, and if it's not, then it's even more annoying. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, that's all right. Back to the, the two core things that Matt takes from his dad. Number one is that if you're... if if you're not afraid of something, it can't kill you. Which is bullshit. Kind of bullshit, but it drives the That only works in Stephen King. Yeah. It drives the it drives the man with no fear persona. Right? <sighs> he 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 is literally a daredevil. He dives into danger. That's just the lamest tagline ever. It's a man with no fear. But the other very important thing that he learned from his dad is that no matter how tough things get. You do not quit. And one of the... Well, that's also on a case-by-case basis. I mean, honestly. There one, are times when it is way more appropriate to quit. One of the early instances of this. Instances of this. <laughs> Daredevil is is not super powered, like, physically, right? He's not stronger than a normal human. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit more agile from training. He's got better senses, but he is regular human strength. That's fair. Yeah. Right? I was just running through the fight scenes. But yeah, that, that makes sense. In one of the early comics, uh, Namor, Marvel's Aquaman, <laughs> right? Who is literally one of the strongest characters in the Marvel Universe. Aqua. They're, okay. Yeah. Right? Sure. I've never heard of him. N- Namor comes into New York and starts causing some trouble and daredevil just happens to be the only superhero around to take him on. Namor beats the snot out of him and walks away and daredevil gets up and goes after him again and again and again. And this is an entire book of Namor just pounding the living daylights out of this guy and him getting back up again. Okay, well. And at the end, Namor's like, listen, I'm going to go back to the ocean because you are annoying as piss. (laughs) Because you have proven to me that you have the resilient uh, that I respect. Yeah, you know, all this could be solved with a pistol. Oh, a pistol wouldn't have stopped anymore. No, I meant Daredevil. Oh, fair. You just shoot him right in the fucking face. If he doesn't dodge the bullet. He's not going to dodge the bullet. He doesn't have super speed. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that's what Maybe we... Maybe Daredevil should have gotten a Sharknado. So, that's what we get from <laughs> his dad. We get... Yeah, worst life lessons ever. We... It's okay to quit something. It's okay. It's sometimes required... We get a, a deep a deep resistance to quitting and fearing things. Very boomer. And due to his his death at the hands of a criminal, 
we get a strong sense of justice. Yes, and that is a tale as old as time in the comic books. Certainly. And Disney movies. It's, you know, the the key word here is lame. He's a lame devil. He's not 100% lame because one thing we do see him do while he's during this training set. Oh, does he do something cool? He does do something cool. I must have missed it. He stops Stanley from getting hit by a bus. Okay, the one thing I did kind of like about this uh, montage of him developing into an adult is that they showed us how he navigates the world as a blind man. I don't, I've never known anybody that was blind, so I, I know that, you know, they have methods of like knowing how uh, or which bill is which and stuff. I was told once that the bills are different, slightly different sizes or feel differently, but he's like folds them differently in his wallet. Yeah. And he has little braille labels on his clothes so that he knows what they are and what color. And- Cut to adult Matt Murdock uh-huh. in a courtroom. Uh, we get a shot of Foggy Nelson. Who? His law partner is Foggy his Nelson. His name is Foggy Nelson. Well, his nickname is Foggy. And in the Iron Man movies, his name is Happy. Yes, Happy Hogan. Does this does this guy have any decent names in any of his characters? I don't. I don't know John Favreau's oeuvre very well. <laughs> oeuvre. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm sure he. What gets... was his name on Friends? Do you remember? Uh, Lucky Luciano. I don't know. <laughs> <What>? That's random. <laughs> I did. I did not catch his name the whole time. I swear to God, I didn't hear it. But uh, the guy on trial is the boss from In Plain Sight mm-hmm. with Marshall Marshall mm-hmm. and. Well, yeah. I. You know what? I didn't notice. It wasn't that exciting. I'm glad you were excited. You didn't say anything. I was going to say something on the podcast. (laughs) Who has been uh, accused of rape, Mm. uh, but apparently she enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, that's what they always say. And he gets off. That's what she said. Fair enough. He stands acquitted. Mm, That's a better way to say it. But one cool thing that happens during the trial is Matt uses his super hearing as a a lie detector. Mm, yeah. But having lost the trial, he tells the now not alleged not rapist. Well, you know, he's been found not guilty, so he's not a rapist because that's how our system works. Um, he tells them that justice is coming for him. Uh, and then we see him suit up and go after him. Hold on. Whose lawyer was he? The you, victim's lawyer. You get that the victim's lawyer doesn't get to ask questions. Was this a criminal trial or was it a civil trial? I assume it was a criminal trial. Then the the victim doesn't need a lawyer, one. And two, the victim's lawyer doesn't get to ask questions. That explains why I was confused about who he was, because he's not a prosecutor. So that makes no damn sense. The then victim, it had to have been a civil trial. I It had to have been. Since when do you you send you 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 sue someone for raping you rather than trying to send them to jail? Maybe there was something else going on. Like after afterwards, he fired her. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But now we need to watch that scene again because that makes no sense. I was so confused, and I just kind of let that go because, well, I'm used to these movies not making any damn sense. So yeah, because later he's a defense lawyer. He's not a prosecutor. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm definitely going to watch that 
Ugh, I'm gonna watch the beginning again? of that movie again because um I need to know what's going on there. Okay. Did like did they fuck that up that badly, or did I just misunderstand what was going on? Probably just misunderstood. I like that you're you were erring on the side of I'm a dummy. No, I'm erring on the side of the editor. They couldn't possibly that. be bad at writing a story. Exactly. They didn't bother to ask a single lawyer how lawyering works. I mean, we've seen that. We've seen medical stuff no, where, like, they didn't ask any questions. They were just like, that sounds right. Let's go with it. Yeah, okay. I'm done interrupting you. I'm okay. sorry. I, I feel completely derailed. Um, I'm very sorry. Does it help to know that I love you? I love you, too. Love so you. He, he suits <laughs> up and goes over, goes after the asshole. Yeah. Um. um. He catches up to him in a bar, and then we have just dorky the most... Ass. Over the top fight scene, like swinging. Yeah, off but the before ceiling before he gets to the bar, though, we get this whole scene where he's he's putting on his little outfit and he's pulled out his cane and um, showing the audience because it's the only reason to do this in his little closet is showing us that his cane is nunchucks and a garrote. And uh, that's not the only reason to do that. You've got a PCC and PCI. You got to make sure all of the mechanisms are still working before you go into battle. No, you make sure it's still working when you put it away at the end of your battle. Yes, and then before you go into battle, you check it again. Oh come on, that's silly. If I've checked it afterwards and it's in good working condition, I don't have to check it a second time. Yes, you do. And you know what else bothers me? Is he's got all of those canes and they're all um, collapsible. Uh-huh. He only takes one with him. Am I the only person in the world that takes an excess of weapons with me when I leave the house? I mean, he probably could have taken a spare. Yeah. Why didn't he have little... He should have gotten his maid to his, make him a little a slot little, on his thigh. A little bat belt? No. You just need a little pocket on your thigh to slide it in so it didn't interfere with your knee bending, but it's like right there. And it would provide a little bit of armor when somebody kicks you in the side of the leg. Yeah, listen. Okay, well, then he needs one on each leg. Yeah. And maybe one on each arm. I don't know. I would, uh, yeah. I, I'm telling you, I would make a much better superhero. Well, let's get you bitten I'm gonna by write a... my own damn comic book is what I'm going to do. Let's get you bitten by a spider then. I need to get Mimi to draw pictures for me, and I'm going to write my own comic book. Because because we started doing this, I started looking, because I'm like, well, let me see if I can like figure out how to slow down and actually read a comic book and pay attention to the pictures and, and be able to enjoy it. And I thought I found one, but then there was weird sex in the middle of it, and it put me off. Yeah. I the panel by panel reading view that, well, honestly, most of them have, but now uh, really helps me. I'm just going to pull out my old Indiana Jones comic books because I've, I've bought them, but never actually sat down and read them because I, I have a comic book mental block. I read too fast. I feel like I don't get any of the pictures because it feels really weird and boring to sit there and stare at a picture and understand what the picture means before I go on to the next panel. Yeah, that's why I do the panel view on the iPad. That, that still didn't help me. It slows me I down. snuck there. I snuck on there and and looked at some comic books, um, and it didn't help. I want to read the words and move on. Um, I, it's it's just it's just me. Sorry, I did it again. Uh, where even were we? <laughs> uh, the dorky ass display of his cane talent um, and the parkour, the 
boingy boingy parkour he does, which without super strength jumping those distances would be painful. Yeah. Like his ankles and knees are out by the time he's 40. <laughs> yeah. So he tracks dude down to a bar and we get the, the most ridiculous bar fight scene ever where he's like slinging off of ceiling fans. And, yep. Uh, I, I, Honestly, spinning out of the way of bullets. Yeah, it was really hard to follow that fight scene. Yeah, my notes say utter chaos. Hate it. And again, the 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 sludge did not give him super strength no. or super speed. So, so he's not spinning out of the way of bullets. No, I I just want to know what's so hard about. I mean, I love action movies. I do. I would rather watch an action movie. Uh, like a real action movie rather than some dumb chick flick. And they, it is doable in a way that makes sense and it is believable. But these guys don't seem to be able to do that yet. No, not we, yet. We've got to have Matrix style floating in the air, tiptoe kicks to the chin, bullcrap. Uh, and it's annoying. Yeah. Um, um, because Because it is doable. So he trashes the bar and just about everybody in it. Chases the dude into a subway and has him by the throat, talking to him about justice. Mm. And then a train goes by and and uh, fucks him up. But then Daredevil, his kryptonite is is loud noise. Yes, which is your kryptonite. It does hurt me. Uh, so essentially, you're Daredevil then, except you don't have super taste. No, <laughs> I don't have super taste. Like you say, he ends up like full on murdering the guy. Yeah. Um, train cuts him in half, and he leaves a calling card. So, uh huh. And serial killer. Here's where my mom. The first time my mom hollers at the TV, she made a double D joke. I'm not repeating what she said, but she made a joke about double D's and then pretended to grab her boobs. That's hilarious. Yep, that's my mom, folks. So is is Daredevil a serial killer? Like he's killing people and leaving calling cards. Um, no, I would call him a vigilante. Okay, vigilante serial killer. I mean, no. Okay. No, serial killers have it. The definition is very specific, and he doesn't fit. He's a multiple murderer. But I would, I, I, I think that vigilante would cover all of that. Okay. Let's not get into the true crime stuff, or I'll never stop talking. Um, he gets home after this to a voicemail from Heather breaking up with him because he's not there for her. He leaves in the middle Who's of the night. Heather? I don't know. Some chick he's dating. Did we saw We did we see him have sex with somebody? Not with Heather. This well, is this is it, we. There was no mention of Heather. No, this is this? establishing that he won't let people come into his house. Yeah. Even the girl that he's having sex well, with. Me neither. And that he leaves in the middle of the night and she doesn't know where he goes. And I, that this is a pattern for him. Honestly, um, I dude it out here. And when she started talking and it had nothing to do with anything, I stopped listening to her. Okay. Because I didn't care. I had no idea who she was. Uh, no frame of reference. Didn't give a shit. It was exposition voicemail. I heard her whining about him leaving in the middle of the night. And I'm like, well, yeah, he's the superhero. Well, she doesn't the know. The masked he's... crusader guy. He's the man with no fear. Okay. And she doesn't know that. And a man without fear is a man without hope. For some fucking reason. But then he goes to confession. 
Oy vey. And the priest starts giving him shit. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no point in confessing if, if like, you're going to keep doing it, bro. Um. Oh, and you're so that's what priests are saying during every confession ever? We just finished the confession with that, right? Uh, and then we get a scene with Matt and Foggy in a diner. Matt and Foggy. Yep. Um, Foggy's pretty upset that they're not making any money off of their cases. Because Matt's like a justice crusader for people who need justice. Yeah, what was it he, they got paid in? He said? Fluke. Oh, Fish. Yeah. Yes. Which is funny, because there was another movie we watched earlier in the week talking about... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not a movie. It was uh, The Office. First time I ever learned that a fluke was a fish and they are very plentiful in the ocean was from The Office, from Kevin, of all people. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the episode with the uh, the trivia. Oh. Because it was a complete fluke that they won. Kevin. Kevin's team won the trivia. And he says, well, maybe it's a fluke. But uh, here's a piece of trivia. The fluke is a fish. In the ocean. There's like more of them than any other fish. And, you know, it's a good, good deal. Okay, so they got paid in fluke. They got paid in fluke. No Foggy's idea upset. If that's, is that tasty? Because honestly, it's the same I've, thing as money. I've never eaten fluke. That I know of. <laughs> and then we have this, this little prank that Foggy starts playing on Matt. Where Matt asks for the honey and Foggy hands him the mustard. Okay, well, he didn't... No, no, no. He handed him the honey at first. And then Matt said something he didn't like, so he switched it to mustard. Yeah. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, he knows that's not honey. Well, because the honey's in Little Bear. Yeah, and mustard is very smelly. He knew as soon as he did it. And did not... He, His face did not give it away at all whatsoever. No. So you know that Matt immediately was like, oh, I'm going to get him. Yeah. And, uh, and then Jennifer Gardner walks in. Okay, was that annoying or what? He knew somebody was coming in, but like there were other people coming in and he didn't pause any of the times they came in. But just magically a hot chick comes by and all of his senses shut off. And he's like, girl. And he's like, is she attractive? And Foggy's like, no, she's hideous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Foggy's not a very good friend. Sure he is. What does it matter if she's attractive or not? The motherfucker's blind. (laughs) Like maybe she's a wonderful Lovely person with a great sense of humor. Who cares if she's attractive? You fucking can't see her. <laughs> Such a dude. But while Foggy's distracted, Matt switches their coffee cups mm-hmm. and gets up to go talk to the the gal, the hot the, chick, the hot chick. Oh, I bet that tasted bad. <laughs> and uh, she refuses to tell him her name. She didn't look at him the whole time. She wasn't even looking at him. He, I mean, that was some. Decently successful flirting he was trying to do. Yeah, well, no, it wasn't. It was kind of devious. He set her up. He, She wasn't looking at him. He knew she was going to make a snarky comment. It was off-putting to me, I yeah. thought. And then uh, Foggy takes a, a sip of the mustard coffee and spits it out, makes a scene. <laughs> and she's like, are you with, is that your friend? And he's like, I've honestly never seen him. It's <laughs> <Just> fucking <laughs> hilarious. Now that joke would have gotten me. <laughs> uh, I would have laughed. I, I I would have gotten. I would have gotten over the rude. Aren't are you blind? Set up with that joke. So I guess she's not that terrible. But she leaves, and he goes all super stalker, and chases her down to a yeah, playground. What the fuck was that? That whole fucking scene. One. Why did he follow her? That's creepy. 
And then two, the whole playground scene was just the fucking worst fight ever. Why? Like, come on. Okay, so one, it was incredibly obvious. She had like five seconds of like jujitsu or karate training before she started this movie. It was awkward. So most awkward, uncomfortable, strange flirting that's ever happened in a movie. Yeah. Uh, you're holding back. Don't blah, blah, blah. Balancing on teeter-totters and fighting. And like, <sighs> what is going through her head? She knows he's blind. Yeah. I, I don't know. They were both grinning and giggling about it the whole time. Cut that whole scene. Cut it. The meat cute was good enough. Yeah, I don't know. Like, so is she supposed to want to date him now because he beat her up? Or because she was able to beat up a blind man? I I mean, she did win the fight. It's Did she? I think. Nobody won that fight. Yeah. When a blind man fights a girl, nobody wins the fight. Yeah. It, it's... I don't know how to feel about what you just said. <laughs> I don't know it at what angle should I come at you for that. <laughs> but also as a woman, you never you don't hit a blind man. No. Rude. Okay, but to be fair, neither one of them actually hit each other. They were actually more gentle with each other than we are when we play fight. Fair enough. Like when we play fight, we end up sweating and like Somebody gets a bruise. Well, they're in better shape than we are. <laughs> no, no, no. When we're play fighting, we both come at each other hard. <laughs> like, these guys, that's what she said. These guys, I it they were like play slapping. Yeah. I don't know. It was gross. I didn't like it. It was lame. So after the playground lame. fight scene. Lame devil. Again, he's a lame devil. <laughs> or is he a dare lame? Because he's not devilish either. He is, too. He's got the horns. Yeah. I mean, the devil part he gets from his dad. I know. It's just he's fucking lame. He is. Uh, after the playground fight scene, uh, we cut to Kingpin looking all badass. Um, do we? Yes. How does he look badass? He's standing there looking badass. So you're saying he looks badass by virtue of the fact <laughs> that he's... A six foot five, extremely heavily muscled man. Yes, standing in the window, looking all badass, looking all over the city. He's just being himself. Would he's... you? Would you tango with him? Oh fuck yeah! Oh, okay. I'd fuck him up. <laughs> Give me a step stool, and we will go. <laughs> yeah, he's Kingpin. Mm -hmm. uh, made his debut in Spider Man, actually. Oh, not in the Spider Man movies. No. In the Spider-Man comics. Yeah. Spider-Man at one point decides he doesn't want to be Spider-Man anymore. And Peter Parker throws away his costume and gives it up. Because Aunt May is uh, practically dead. Uh, <laughs> practically well, dead. <laughs> the, Green Goblin, the Green Goblin tried to kill her. Dude, she's so just in the hospital. She's, she's practically dead. She's in the hospital on the edge of death. His studies are slipping. He's not making enough money to pay for anything, and he's like, I'm done. I'm not Spider-Man anymore. That it, sounds like a legitimate reason to quit something. And due to that vacuum, uh, Kingpin starts organizing the underworld um, and makes his rise because Peter Parker's not fighting crime. Yeah. 
Well, okay, so here's my question. Mm -hmm. Who makes a better kingpin? Vincent D'Onofrio, who I love, or Michael Clark Duncan, who I also love. Okay, so I love them for different reasons. Yeah. D'Onofrio is a spectacular actor, but John Coffey is this gentle giant who I enjoy looking at. So as huge as Mr. Duncan was. Yeah, he's not huge in the right way. They made him put on 50 pounds for this role. Where? I don't know. Pounds of fat or muscle? I I don't know. Kingpin is supposed to be all muscle. He looks fat, but he's all muscle. Oh, well, I thought, I thought, uh, no offense to D'Alfrio because I love him, but I thought that Kingpin was supposed to be fat. He's supposed to look fat, but be muscle. That makes no sense. Heavily muscled guys don't necessarily have to have definition, but if you got like a, a chunky tum-tum, it's obvious you're fat. Okay. Like nobody has like 50 pounds of muscle on their stomach. Well, that's fair. And like I did notice he had a little pooch on his tum, but I wasn't 50 pounds of pooch. So in answer to your question. Daggum, that's a huge man is what I'm saying. Yes. In answer to your question, I would say that that this Kingpin looks more like Kingpin. Yeah. But that we got more of the flavor of Kingpin out of the TV show. And personality-wise. Yes. And that might just be we didn't get enough Duncan on screen. Yeah. Because uh, he's, he's a great actor. He yeah. could have pulled it off. Listen, also... I felt bad for him at the end of the movie. Oh. Like, he wasn't even, like, a a bad, bad guy. I didn't think. Like, I don't know anything about the character, really. Because I didn't even finish watching the Daredevil show. Because it wasn't... We will. I know we will. Um, D'Onofrio wasn't enough to make me finish watching it, though. So we... Uh, but our listeners will be. <sighs> no, sure. Um... So we get Kingpin. He has uh, Jennifer Gardner's daddy, whose name is Electra Nachos or whatever. No. His first name's not Electra. Her name is Electra. Uh-huh. Nachos. Nacho cheese. Yes. Yes. Electricity King nacho cheese. Kingpin has her daddy. Uh-huh. And is mad at him. For some reason. But also... Because he wants out of the business. One of those that guy actors? Yes. No spoilers, but he's in Seven with Brad Pitt. Okay. And The Bone Collector with Angelina Jolie. Okay. Excellent actor. Yes. Love him. Okay. Don't know his name. I'm Daddy so Nachos sorry. is what you're... No, 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 oh. no, no. The other guy. Oh, You don't yes. remember yes. the guy in The mm -hmm. Bone Collector? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. The the lackey is who you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Love him. He needs his own movie. But Daddy Nachos wants out of the business. Daddy Nachos. Uh, and Kingpin uh, threatens his daughter. Yeah. Why did why did he not like him? What did he do wrong? He wanted out of the business. That's it. Yes. Well, that's lame. You don't quit the Kingpin. Okay. I guess. Fair what What was his job? I wonder. Did they say? If they did, I, I didn't catch it. Okay. And then after Daddy Nachos leaves the room, he uh, <laughs> Kingpin says, get me bullseye. Oh, God. 
So oh. we find out who Bullseye is. Uh, you know, I I thoroughly enjoy Colin Farrell. He's a good actor. I like him, but this was not his best work. Yeah. I think that Colin Farrell uh, may not have an appreciation for the uh, deep writing and artistic value of comic books oh, and decided sake. he was going to play a cartoon. You know, um, he's not the only actor in a comic book movie that decided to play it cartoony. Yeah. Immediately, as soon as David Tennant should have had this part, it's it's more his speed. That kind of cocky, sarcastic, it, it was very Doctor Who-esque. I think he would have come at it more serious, absolutely. Well, you know, I feel like David Tennant should have all of the best parts in all of the movies. Because he would only make everything better. He does a great purple man. He, that's he is for, a spectacular bad guy. Yeah, that's for we. Oh, he is. We've seen him as a bad guy so many times. And he is. Oh, that little grin he gets where you're like, oh, he's such a cute, small little guy. And then you're like, oh, fuck, he's going to murder me. And eat my face. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Oh, can you imagine if he was Hannibal Lecter? You're like, oh. oh, completely harmless guy. Like Anthony Hopkins looks like a scary motherfucker. But you get you get him, David Tennant. And he's like, oh, harmless. And then I could just see his little, like, Peter Pettigrew tongue flicking out. Not Peter Pettigrew. He wasn't Peter Pettigrew. Shit, who was he in Harry Potter? But you know how he did the little... Yes, he did a little tongue flick. Can't you just see Hannibal Lecter doing that little tongue flick when he's talking about the fava beans and the Chianti? You're giving me bad dreams. Let's get back to the superheroes. Fucking amazing. We uh, We need to start a petition. So, so we get two scenes with Bullseye. Boy, he, he first one's in a bar. We see his obvious ability to throw a dart. Oh yeah. And then he's when, not even looking. When he went, yeah, not even looking. He's drinking a whole beer and, and hitting the bullseye with every dart. Uh huh. Win some money, dude. Throw some racial stuff out there. Racial. Irish is not a race. Good point. And he kills this dude with paper clips. Yes. Did you know that there were vital organs in your double chin? Apparently there are. I just know. Absolutely not. You I can't don't... kill a man with a paper clip? Even uh, yeah, you them? can kill a man with a paper clip, but not by stabbing him in the fucking double chin. Fair enough. Uh, and then on the plane, he's sitting next to a chatty Cathy. <laughs> I mean, how many times have you dreamed of being able to do this one? And he kills her with a peanut. And then the... Well, which is also stupid. But how many times have you sat next to a chatty Kathy in an airplane and you wish you could? Just do anything to get them to shut up. Most of my airplane conversations, not a lot of airplane conversations do I have, but most of my airplane conversations have been because I was reading comics and they've been good conversations. Yeah. I'm the kind of person who takes a giant book on an airplane and expects to get through half of it by the time I land. And people always think that they can talk to you if you're reading because you're not doing anything important. You know what? If it's about the comics I'm reading, I don't mind. I introduced, I was reading one. There was a... On the way back from Virginia? No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that one. Oh. Uh, A couple, almost almost two years ago now, uh, there was a character that was... Techno organic. 
He was an alien. Techno-organic. Yeah, this is a complete digression, but there was a character completely different art style than anything that had been in the comics before. Okay. Uh, he was drawn with really flowy lines, and he was a very fluid character. <laughs> okay. Um, he metamorph amongst other things. Very fluid character, very interesting art style. And the older gentleman sitting next to me stopped me to ask me who the artist was on that book. Oh. Um, and so we had a conversation about that character and, and that artist. Um, that must happen to you a lot because you just had a conversation with somebody on a plane on the way to Virginia. Yeah, yeah, and that was Iron Man brought that one out. You and I are just very different people. I don't mind. I mean, it's it's something I like talking about. Obviously. obviously. Uh, okay, death by double chin. Death by Oops. double chin. Death by peanut. The stewardess sees the old lady dying on on already dead. She zonked. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, she's sleeping." Uh huh. And he gets more peanuts. I really wanted just a split second of the reaction after everybody got off the plane. And that little old lady was dead because <laughs> that's a whole other TV show. And then we get. We get a shot of Daredevil finding one of Kingpin's thugs and beating the crap out of him, but not really getting a whole lot of information out of him because there's a little boy crying in the corner. Yeah. Uh And then we go to uh, Daredevil's office. Did Daredevil kill somebody in front of their kid? He didn't kill him, but he beat the crap out of him. So he's just as bad as the bad guys now. Yeah, Daredevil's not a... This is not a, a hero. That kid grows up to... Become a superhero and murder his ass, right? He should. I mean, I would. Except he wasn't raised to have no fear. No, for... Stop it. A man with no fear has no hope. Somebody tell me what that means. I need Um, What the fuck is that supposed to mean? But then Matt goes to the office and we find out his secretary is Meredith Grey. Yeah. Ellen Pompeo. Uh, so that's and cool. she looks like she's 12. She did look very young. It still throws me to find out how long ago 2003 was. It was 19 years ago. Our daughter was three when this movie came out. Yeah. It's insane to think about. How did that happen? Yeah. How are we this old? Time keeps on slipping, slipping. Shh. Stop it. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, I am 42. Why does it feel like I'm 73? Matt has been invited to a fancy dinner. It's a a black and white ball. Get it right. A black and white ball. This is fancy. Super fancy. Uh, Foggy's like, well, I, I, I can't go on my own. I'm not the invitee. I'm just a plus one. Look at me. A plus one can't go without his, what, what did he say? He can't go. Yeah. But Matt doesn't want to go. He says no. And then he's walking down the road and creepy stalker Matt knows Electra by her smell. That's not the first time we've seen that in a Marvel movie. We find out that her mom's dead. Um, They have uh, some moments where he takes it. Then he takes her up on the roof and he can smell the rain coming. Yeah. That's uh, nothing special. I can smell the rain coming. I can smell the rain coming too. Uh, but we get this uh, scene where he gets to actually see because every drop 
hitting a surface makes an individual sound. Okay, but he said specifically the first time the rain falls, it makes a sound. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? I think the first time each drop hits something, it makes a sound. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Not you, him. Because... But the second time the drop hits something, it also makes a damn sound. Anytime the thing falls, like, it hits the the roof, and then it slides down and hits the floor. That's two sounds. It didn't make any sense. He was so specific about the first time. But that... <laughs> I don't know. It just annoyed me. But the rain gives him an opportunity to have something akin to real sight. Yeah. You notice that you could see her in the rain just as well as you could see her with the sound waves. He knows what she freaking looks like. It's the same computer-generated face. And which, then, they, it was cool when they did the The one computer-generated thing they did in this movie that looked cool was his sight. Yeah, or I mean, that's... lack thereof. That's got to be where most of the special effects budget went. Yeah, well, it had to be, because it certainly wasn't him doing parkour. <laughs> and then they kiss in the rain. Not as good as the Spider-Man kiss in the rain. No, I've had better kisses in the rain than that. And he gets interrupted. The kiss gets interrupted by uh, people hollering about Kingpin and getting getting into a fight in the street. Yeah, and this is the one time when someone says stay with me instead of doing the heroic thing. This is how you know he's not a hero. He stays with her. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man would have never. No. Although, I, you gotta wonder. Like, Kingpin's trying to keep his shit secret. Yeah, and everybody's talking about And him. everybody in the street's talking about Kingpin. Well, yeah, his dad did too. Like, you know, what are you fucking with Kingpin for? Like, don't say the bad guy's name. Yeah. Actually, I think, I think dude wanted, because he, he said, uh, they want a kingpin, I'll give him a kingpin. And then he took that name from the newspaper article. So maybe he does want them to say kingpin. He just doesn't want them to say his actual name. Okay. But yeah, so uh, not hero Matt Murdock stays with the girl and and, and they dude it. Did they? Yeah, I didn't yeah. see any trains entering any tunnels. No, they dude it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was a full-on sex scene. Yeah, this was a PG-13 sex scene. It was not interesting. He mm. had his eyes open the whole time, and it was really creepy. That's all I could think about. Um, Can you imagine kissing somebody with their eyes wide open? Like, I know he can't see, but still, it's, like, really creepy. And in the morning when he wakes up, she's gone, but she's left another invitation to the... I straight up thought she left him a note, and I'm like, no, she didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, she kind of did, and fortunately it was embossed, and he could trace the letters. Yeah. Well, and you knew that already, because not happy. Foggy said so when they got the invitation. He's like, oh, you should see this. It's embossed. <laughs> uh, but I thought she left him a note, and I'm like, oh, my God, really? But why did she probably doesn't even think about the fact that he's blind because it doesn't seem like he's blind. He doesn't act very blind. No. no. Drives me nuts. Um, so I guess you do have to ask him twice, but he goes to the. Well, she asked him. Well, I guess she didn't really, but she implied that she was requesting his presence. Yeah. You can't say no to that. Come on. Uh, so they go to the, to the ball. Mm hmm. And, uh, Poor, poor little Foggy, bless his heart, decides he's going to, like... He's got a schmooze. 
introduce himself to Carlton Fisk, the kingpin. Yeah. Well, and you have offer to take his the services. opportunity to schmooze. Sure. And the uh, the underling tries to brush them off, but kingpin's like, no, it's okay. We'll talk. It's a ball. That's like the whole point of going to a ball is that you're you're talking to people and yeah. schmoozing. Like you can't tell everybody they're not allowed to talk to them. What the fuck? <laughs> That was weird. It was and, really weird. And Kingpin's all like, "Yeah, I, I could use some uh, somebody like you on my on my defense table." Why did it, he just seem like he was giggling at them a little bit yeah. though? And Matt Murdock is like, "Nah, we can't work for you because we only work for the innocent." That was fucked up, but also really funny. Which I mean, gave a, the opportunity for a great line. But also, that's a really bad fucking lawyer. That is not what being a lawyer is about. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty, and that is how our system works. Well, according to Kingpin, nobody's innocent. Well, he's right. Nobody really is. And then Matt just disappears because Electra shows up and he yep. can smell her from across the room. Ew. And then he goes up to sniff her closer. I mean, that's just creepy. A little bit. That's, I mean, he might as well have walked up and licked her. I imagine with his super sense of taste. Oh, shut up. Don't go there. Don't leave it alone. Keep moving. And as close as super smell and super taste <laughs> are, Ew, stop. maybe he tasted her from across no, the room. No, stop. Ew. <laughs> I would never leave my house. <laughs> Ever. You know what? With super smell, I would never leave my house. No. It's bad enough now. When you walk by somebody with perfume or cigarette smoke. Like, oh, yeah. Nope. Nope. Ugh. I would be the world's only recluse superhero. Ooh, I could call myself the brown recluse. Ooh. That's it. That's my comic book name. Matt promises Electra nothing's bad bad is gonna happen. Promise. And I promise. Flash to dead guy. Yeah, like he sucks. <laughs> Cause the next scene we get is Bullseye killing somebody for a motorcycle. Yeah, what an asshole. Like Speaking of friggin' mass murdering, like this dude would just kill you for a little yeah. bit of peace and quiet. Um, and then we cut to Fisk handing, uh, threatening uh, Mr. Nachos and putting a rose in his pocket. Did they really have to pick that name? There's so many beautiful Greek names, and they had to pick Nacho Cheese. Well, I mean, it's like Nachios, but. But it sounds. It, well, I'm really hard of hearing, and you didn't have the closed captioning on yet when they first said his name. I had trouble turning it on. I had to, like, go yeah. to the menu. But it's, her name sounded, what was it? It sounded like electric nachos. It did. Terrible. Well, even Foggy made fun of it. It's a it's a rough name. Yeah. So, Electra and Dad leave the party super, super rushy, and no. Bullseye attacks them. Yeah, because dude's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit, let's get the fuck out of here. Bullseye kept, catches up to him. Daredevil tries to stop him from... Okay, pause, though. Yes. This is the motorcycle murder scene. Yes. Where we forget how motorcycles work and just stand on the seat and drive the motorcycle without acceleration. Yes. In a straight, perfect line. Well, that's balance. No. No, you cannot balance a motorcycle like that so that the front wheel steers perfectly forward. It's not possible. No. I think that there are some 
motorcycle stuntmen that would prove you wrong. Motorcycle stuntmen who have something that holds the steering wheel straight. I'm telling you now. Okay. I, if any motorcycle stuntmen are listening to the podcast, they can tell me I'm wrong. But until they do, I'm telling you, it, I it it wasn't even cool looking. I just please, no. Evil Knievel and Company, write her and tell her all about how she's wrong. Yes, Evil Knievel and Company. Isn't he dead? I believe he is. Yes. Well, I I welcome that note then. Okay, that's why I said the end company. Um, I'll put the I'll put the Ouija board up on the wall. I did super. Uh, okay, so man with no fear again. Mm-hmm. Uh, this that motorcycle which... is charging at him, and he charges the motorcycle, steps on the front wheel, and kicks the driver in the face. Yes, is it a man with no fear or just a dumbass? Because you're not. You're also not stepping on a moving. <laughs> Motorcycle wheel and surviving that. <laughs> Jeez, a Lou. It's just, it gets more ridiculous as time goes on. But after kicking him in the face, at their combined speeds, probably would have been what, like 60 miles an hour? So Daredevil's got a broken leg and uh, Bullseye's face is caved in. But whatevs. Daredevil pops up and reaches for his cane, and Bullseye's like, Oh, did you drop something? Yeah. Uh, And then, Jesus Christ. And then proceeds to throw this cane a good hundred yards. As fast as an arrow. Fast enough to, like, go through Daddy Nacho's sternum. Lame. Bad. Lame. No. Okay, we're in agreement then. But so Electra obviously thinks that the owner of the cane is responsible for killing her daddy. Because she didn't see that whole thing go down? Apparently she didn't. Um, and Apparently as, she is also blind. Because <laughs> she can't shoot worth a damn either. Uh, as the cops start coming, she starts shooting at Daredevil and he takes off. Um, Great control of the weapon, but can't shoot literally to save her life. That was bad. She shoots like a stormtrooper. <laughs> Just everywhere but where the guy is. Listen, she's trained as a ninja, not as... She's not trained as a ninja. She took a different kind of martial art every year of her life since she was five. And that's why she's so perfectly smooth and graceful with it. And why she gets her own movie. Fuck me. No, she doesn't. <laughs> No, she fucking doesn't. <laughs> I thought you just meant she got her own comic book. They made a movie. She gets her out own of movie. Electra. Yes, she gets her own movie. With why? Why does somebody smash toxic waste on her? Because that's the only thing that's saving that. <laughs> Are you have got to be kidding? Which movie? It's called Electra. And it's sitting in that pile. No. I didn't see you get that. You're lying. It is not over there. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure we have it already. No. I did not see you buy that or I would have made fun of that. (laughs) Okay, but her name's Electra and that's going to be her superhero name? Yes. But she's not electric. No. It's just her fucking name. It's just So I'm going to be a superhero and my superhero name is Stacy. Yes. 
And that means nothing to anyone. My hair's made out of snakes because my name is Stacy. <laughs> That's going to be annoying on that microphone. <laughs> um, so then we go to Daddy Nacho's funeral and we get Evanescence. And this kind of threw me for a loop. It did not fit. Well, not just that it didn't fit. It took me a moment to realize that both this movie and Evanescence were that old. <laughs> I know. There needs to be a name for that phenomena. Every, t- every time you see something and you realize how long ago it happened, there should be a name. Because, I mean, I know for a fact that the first time I heard Evanescence mm-hmm. was in Iraq. Yes. In a restaurant. Which was, you were in a restaurant in Iraq? Yeah. What? We were getting fries. Wait. You got French fries at a restaurant in Iraq. They were delicious. During the your first tour? Absolutely. They ended up bringing a, a cook onto our uh, well, our little cop and making us food there. But, yes, but early in the deployment, we would just go to a restaurant. At the beginning of the war, when you guys were doing the first push. At, no, after we had made it to Mosul. You guys drove your Humvees to a restaurant? Yes. And got french fries. And got french fries. And fluff. In your uniforms. Yes, in our uniforms. You can't drive a Humvee if you're not in uniform. And you felt safe doing that. We had guns. And? No, I mean, it was perfectly fine. What? Anyway. How is that a story I haven't heard? You got falafel. The first time you had falafel in your life was in the middle of a war in Iraq. Was that the first time? Maybe. I don't know. Well, I thought the first time you had falafel was with me much later than that. So, yes. Okay. It would have to have been. Anyway. No, no, we need to pause. <laughs> the podcast needs to hear this story. What? That's crazy town. It, there's not much of a story. We were out. That we were sounds out like a town. lot of story. You're driving around, waving your guns around at Iraqi people, and you stop for French fries. Listen, early in the early in the war, I'm not early, early in the war, but after we had pushed into Mosul, early in our occupation of Mosul. Mm-hmm. We were stopping all over the place. We'd stop and grab some ice cream, get back in the Humvee, and drive off. Well, no wonder you're a bundle of nerves everywhere you go. Getting ice cream is an act of war. It wasn't an act of war. We gave them money. <laughs> they gave us nummy treats. No, I just mean... <laughs> you're like, how are you in... How are you in a restaurant with a gun slung over your shoulder feeling safe enough to eat ice cream? There was somebody in the truck. No, I feel paranoid about going out in in America. Like I'm gonna get, I could get shot in America getting ice cream. Like it literally happened here. Yeah, but you don't have a couple of weeks ago. You don't have an M4 when you go into uh, town. You don't know what I got in my purse. And I had armor on. I do actually have weapons on me every time we leave the house. I was safe. Anyway, nobody cares. Yes, people do care. You had falafel and French fries in the middle of a war, and everyone cares. My point is. The first time I heard Evanescence was on the music channel in Iraq. In a restaurant. In a restaurant. Getting french fries and falafel. Getting french fries. And, and falafel. falafel. <laughs> and so I know. I, how did I not know that? I thought I knew absolutely everything about you. And so I know that she was out, that that, that song was yeah. out then. In 2000 and Would have been two. three. 2002. Yeah. So yeah. this would have been new music in time for this movie at that time. Yeah. But there's like some cognitive dissonance that tells me that that music isn't that old. Yeah. 
But no, it definitely was. We've been singing those songs. Yeah. Yeah. That whole time. So all that to say Evanescence is playing at the funeral and it kind of threw me for a loop. And it also doesn't fit. First of all, it was really loud. It was. It was just weird. You don't normally, like, there are plenty of movies where there's nothing going, you only see what's happening. You don't hear anything and you have music, but it's usually not that loud. I wonder if there's, like, some writer in the contract, you can use my music, but it has to be, like, the top layer of the sound. I don't think so. It was very strange, because it doesn't happen that often, because I would notice. It, It felt weird. It's like um, when someone's singing live and the band is too fucking loud. You can barely hear them singing. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of that Just same Just bad feeling. mixing, you think? Yeah. I, um, I have to assume. But Matt catches up to Electra at the funeral. She wants revenge. He tells her that revenge isn't going to fix anything. Oh, like, excuse the fuck out of me, Mr. I'm now a superhero to get revenge. Believe me, I know. Yeah, because he's totally gotten the guy and has his revenge and knows already. No. And then it starts raining, and Matt wants to see her again. And I thought this was a really cool. Did you? Because I thought it was really weird. Not, I thought, the, not the rain part, but her, her reaction. Like, he wants to see her again because it's raining. And yeah. she pulls out the umbrella and goes into darkness and walks away. Yeah. I thought that this was a really uh, well planned scene like uh see me now because you're never gonna see me again no like i don't want to talk to you i'm gonna hide myself from you and walk away oh well i guess that's but why doesn't she want to talk to him there he has no connection to what as far as she knows has no connection to what happened to her dad because she wants to find the asshole with the cane who killed her daddy yeah and he's telling her not to and she's not gonna listen to that shit well, yeah, but she she literally says nothing and just pretends like he's not there anymore. It was really weird. Yeah. Like this conversation's over and no, can't have the cool romantic looking at me in the rain. I'm leaving. Okay, but it, she didn't it didn't even come off that way. That's how I felt. It just came off like he said that and then she shut off. It was like he wasn't even standing there anymore. Yeah. I I don't know. It was, he asked her to stay. He's like, you know, I love you. Stay with me. And then. Well, we I, know where that leads. And she wasn't in the mood. Yeah. Except normally, even if your dad has just died, as a person who's lost her father, you know, I could still carry on a conversation. Yeah. Um, I feel like she, any normal person would have said, yeah, not the time to be talking about this, buddy. Or, uh, yes. Um, I also like you or something, anything. She just, just shut that shit down. I didn't fucking like it. Um, but then we cut to the morgue for another really cool cameo. Yeah. Silent Bob. Oh, yes. I love that Kevin Smith is the Emmy. I didn't know he was going to be in this. I fucking, uh, I love him. I know I made a funny comment about him like a couple of uh, podcasts ago, but. I love him, and I love that he's, he's like this really famous dude. Not everybody knows who he is, but a lot of people know who he is. And when he's in a movie, I'm like, oh my god, he is actually famous. Well. But he acts like a fan. Because he is a fan. He's, but, but like, he's still, like, when you listen to him talk about stuff, you're like, oh, well, he's just a fan, like I am. 
Uh, but then you see him in the freaking superhero movie, and you're like, oh shit, he's like a famous dude. Yeah, so. well, and he's big in the in the comics community. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just so weird to see him. He's he's done a lot of writing and directing for the uh, the rival company. Yeah, well, and I, but I just I love in particular that you know that inside his head, and when he's doing this scene, he's like, ah, I'm in a Daredevil movie. Because he, he fangirls out all yeah. the time still. I love Even him. after all these years. It's it just it's awesome. He's um, adorable. And he's also, but you could see it and he's like, look, this is super cool. Watch what this does. Yeah, so he's the whole purpose of this scene is to to show off the, the murder weapon yeah. to the reporter. Uh who's who's been in a couple scenes before this. We forgot to mention him. He's played by the uh, the asshole turncoat from The Matrix. <laughs> He's been in so much more than that. Yes, he he has had a lovely career and he is a wonderful guy. He's a good actor, and, too. And the people who love him, love him. No idea what his name is, though. I have no idea what his name is. I just know that he's the weaselly little shithead turncoat from Rude. The Matrix. That's what he'll <laughs> always be. But Kevin Smith opens up the, the weapon... Out pops a blind man's cane, and reporters like, ha ha. Yeah. Who's the only blind man in the entire city? <laughs> well, but he had noticed the color of the cane yeah. earlier. Yeah, they're normally white with like red stripe. But Daredevils matches his costume. Yeah. Really lame of him to use the same cane. It is kind of silly to use the same cane. Mm-hmm. It's like Superman using the same cape. Yeah. Or putting on his glasses to read. <laughs> or, or you know, like, if his girlfriend's in the shower with him and he takes off his glasses and she goes, Holy fucking shit! You're Superman! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we get a scene with Bullseye and, and Kingpin. <laughs> Sharpening a pencil. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, uh-oh, somebody's gonna get penciled to death. <laughs> And then they show a dead guy on the floor with pencils in him. Oops, already did. And Kingpin's like, was that necessary? Yes, it, murder is always necessary. And he's like, no, but it was fun. Yeah. Uh, Bullseye wants to kill to be the guy to kill Daredevil. Fisk wants him to kill Elektra first. Yeah, oh, and, um, and that big old dork is like, I want an outfit. And I want an outfit. Yeah. His choice of outfit is lame. Did he he say outfit or costume? He said costume. costume. I said outfit. Because. Not much difference. Because of what mom said. Um, Men don't wear outfits, apparently. (laughs) And then we get more evanescence for uh, Electra's training scene where she spent. It's not even a training. It's not a training scene. Where she spent six hours setting up sandbags to fall from the roof in a time sequence. So that she could spend 30 seconds cutting them up and letting them pour sand all over the floor. Yep. And then another two hours cleaning up. No, no. Her poor maid. She didn't clean any of that shit up. (laughs) It was fucking lame. It wasn't even training. Just shit she already knows how to do. This was just for the audience. And it's obvious it's just for the audience. And it was really fucking annoying. Slow-mo sandbag murder. And along the way, you're like, oh, she missed one. She did. She did. She pretended 
like she hit it and she didn't. There was no sand and it didn't even move. But then you notice, like three seconds later, sand was pouring out of it. I'm like, um, she wasn't supposed to miss that one. Okay, sure. And again, lame, lame. That is the that is the watchword for this movie. Lame. So Electra finds Daredevil on a roof. Mm-hmm. Um, and they fight. Yeah. Hassan Chup. Uh, and she's apparently better fighter than he is. She gets him in the shoulder. She You don't have to necessarily be a better fighter. Well, she wins the fight. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're a better fighter. Sometimes, you know. Well, he was probably holding back. I'll give that to you. Um, because he knows who she is. She doesn't know who he is. And then she pulls off his mask, realizes it's the guy she had sex with. Tell me this isn't the first time ever in a movie where the superhero actually gets unmasked. Usually yeah. they don't. Spider-Man was just unmasked last week. Yeah, but that's... Yes, that movie was filmed much later than this one. Okay. No, usually... That somebody's like, oh, I want to find out who this person is. And they go to take off the mask. And the person pops up and, like, stops that from happening. But she takes off his mask, finds out it's the dude she's sleeping with. And then all of a sudden trusts him again. <sighs> yeah, because he's a double D. Isn't that what my mom said? <laughs> I feel like I feel like she made another double D joke right there. And then right about that time... Bullseye starts running his mouth, so she takes off after him and gets her ass beat. Yeah, I don't know. First of all, she's been training since she was five. What? Because martial arts aren't about strength. And she's every different kind of martial art in the whole entire world. She's trained as for a whole year at a time. She should have taken him out. No problem. He uh, He beats the shit out of her. Cuts her neck with a playing card, stabs her with her own weapon, and then throws her off a roof. The, the, she, I mean, I'm sure that that little paper cut would have really stung, but why does she act like it was murdering her? I mean, listen, if a fucking paper clip to the double chin can kill you, that playing card paper <sighs> cut, uh, that was mortal. Okay, but we haven't really talked about the sigh. That she's the two. So how do you pluralize that? The size? I think size. <laughs> What's it? They're lame. I mean, I'm sure in real life, those knives are super cool to use. But she looks so awkward flicking those around and holding them backwards. And th it just. They are very versatile weapons. Yes. Just ask Raphael. I know. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, that's probably where they got the idea for to, I, whatever. Okay, fine. They're classic martial arts weapons. Yes, but she wasn't good at wielding them. The actress was not. Exactly. This is what I'm saying. Okay. It was awkward and painful to watch. And, you know, I've seen female actresses do things in movies where... They should have picked somebody else to do this. When when she did the martial arts training and she wasn't all that great at it, they should have said, okay, we need somebody else. I um, That's all I'm saying. But then this catches us back up to the start of the movie. 
Oh, yeah. I can't tell you how excited I was. <laughs> Except now, as soon as the priest catches up to Daredevil, uh, Bullseye comes in and uh, chases off the priest. And then we get an excruciating fight scene over a giant pipe organ. <sighs> that, the, mm, I have no words for the amount of lame this whole scene was. Them jumping around on those pipes and dangling off of them. Every single time one of them hit the pipes should have fucked with Daredevil's. Uh, well, I don't know. Those are pipes. Uh, the pipes themselves don't make sound. Okay. Well, I mean, the air going through the pipes makes the sound. It's it, it's more Not like the banging and chiming. Yes, it, those aren't chimes. Those are like uh, those are brass instruments. So I will retract that and say that this is then the best place for Daredevil to have a giant fight because <laughs> no. all of the banging on the pipes is making his vision better. Well, yes, they wouldn't have made too much noise. They're fairly thick. Uh, it'd be like jumping on a trumpet. But, um, no, my problem with this scene is that they are very obviously dangling from harnesses and wires from the ceiling. And they're floating through the air rather than jumping. Yeah. You know, there's a huge difference in the mechanics of jumping from one thing to another and then dangling from the ceiling and, and pushing yourself off. Fair. And it was very obvious and painful to watch again. And this is not the first time in the movie. This is my big complaint about the movie. Oh, but the culminating, the, the culminating attack where Bullseye uses up all of his discs from his belt and Daredevil <sighs> dodges all of those. And then he jumps up and busts out the glass, the stained glass, and catches all oh, of it. Oh, for on its fuck's way down. sake! What that is a that is a Bugs Bunny move. And then Pizza Pie throws all of those, which Daredevil can dodge by doing backflips. Okay, I expect this from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Bugs Bunny, but oh. from a live action movie, that was the most ridiculous thing I have seen in a long time. I mean, there should have been that little, like, cartoony piano music every time. Boop, 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 when he caught them. Didn't you hear that <laughs> in was, your head? It was fucking awful. I heard that in my head as he boop, 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 Caught them all. Ha-ha. But we get a little talk. Daredevil thinks Bullseye's the guy that killed his daddy because of the rose. Bullseye's like, no, that's Fisk's thing. Yeah. And then... Why? I mean... What kind of dumbass leaves a calling card every time he murders somebody so that when the cops catch up to you, they know everybody. We're the wet bandits. Now we know every house you've ever hit. That That's a Home Alone reference. <laughs> I know you haven't seen that movie as many times as I have. I got the reference. Oh, thank you. Uh, and you didn't then, laugh. You're supposed to laugh when I'm funny. I will. <gasps> oh, ass. <laughs> <laughs> And then Bullseye goes to the church window and falls like 14 stories onto Flat a car. On fucking face. Uh, onto the reporter's car, even. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, I was I was taking notes. I was complaining about um, the fight in my notes and missed how he fell out of the window. How did he fall out of the window? 
I know you just said it. I wasn't listening to you. Did you see it? I didn't see it either. You were taking notes too. I was too. also taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> we looked down at the same time, bitching about the same thing uh, and missed. I mean, surely he didn't throw himself out the window. Daredevil no, must Daredevil have picked must have him been. up and chucked him. Murderer Daredevil probably kicked him or something. Oh, God. That's bad. How did we both look down at the same time? It was a bad fight scene. <laughs> yeah, I he totally murdered that guy. Um, I mean, he deserved to be murdered, honestly. I mean, anybody that has such lame weapons and such a lame bad guy deserves to get kicked out of a fucking window. Just saying. Yeah, I feel like Daredevil hit him in the forehead and said bullseye. And then he fell out the... Yeah. Oh, we but we forgot. We forgot the the stigmata bullet wounds. Oh, yes. Right before... Um, the sniper... Sh- Yeah, I was watching when the sniper shot him through both of his hands at the same time. And then I was like, I said out loud to the movie, now put your hands out. And then he he obliged so that we got stigmata. That's what hand holes in church note is. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote stigmata bullet wounds. Oh, yeah, I think Daredevil did throw him out because I wrote hand holes in church. Then throws out a window. <laughs> oh, geez, Lou. I mean, it was a good, it was a good visual. Yeah. Except I fully expected it to happen. So. <laughs> yeah. So that fight's over, and then we cut to Carlton. We cut to Kingpin's little pissant, telling him that Bullseye has failed. You're so mean about that poor guy. He never did anything to you. He was a no. He was just a lackey. Okay. So? So what's wrong with calling him a pissant? Because it's rude. What would you like to call him? The sidekick. His executive assistant? Sure. I don't know. I don't know what his actual position was. Executive assistant. So Kingpin's (laughs) executive assistant tells him... We're at the end of the movie. It's too late now. Tells him that Bullseye has failed and that Daredevil is definitely on the way. And Kingpin's like, tell everybody to go home. Yeah, I didn't get this. I'm going to handle this myself. This giant badass man uh, needs bodyguards in the first place. But but now he's going to send them all home. So this makes sense from a reader's perspective. Does it? Because uh, Kingpin in the comic is a brawler. Well, I mean, yeah. He doesn't need bodyguards. He has them because they stop him from being distracted. By beating the shit out of everyone. But in the comics, Kingpin is, he's like 350 pounds of pure muscle. Uh, and he ends up telling Daredevil that a little bit later. Like he grew up in the in the streets. He knows how to fight. Yeah, except he's so big. He's not very graceful about it. Well, the actor wasn't. In the comic, he's... he's well, yeah, because super, in the comic, he can he could be, be a fairy princess that yeah. weighs 400 pounds. But... Um, but yeah, he, he, it was a little bit uh, awkward. And and that's what happens. Daredevil shows up and Fish just starts throwing him around like a ragdoll. Uh, but again, it looks bad. Yeah, threw him into the ceiling and bounced him off the floor. And then floated him along a string across the room. One hit knocks him all the way across the room. Like he, he trashes Matt. Yeah. I mean, that would have looked really great if it hadn't been so 
awkward. And then somehow the sprinklers come on. Um, yeah. And then like this is this is Daredevil's opportunity to kick it into high gear. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wow. kicks out Kingpin's knees. Oh fuck me, man! First of all, it would have been better if he'd been in front of Kingpin and kicked out his knees, and then it would have made sense that his knees broke. So he should have just fallen, and it shouldn't have. It shouldn't have taken him out too hard. Although, uh, having actually landed straight on my kneecap, that fucking shit will knock the breath out of you for a good long time. But, like, you hear his leg snip. And I felt that. I felt so bad for him. Now, like, I haven't liked Daredevil the whole fucking movie. So now I'm like, oh, poor Kingpin. Dude is practically in tears. That shit hurt. Yeah. He, he got... He he got his knees kicked out and then landed straight on his freaking kneecaps. Yeah. With all of that weight that he's sporting. And then he is just done. He doesn't move after that. And he just stays there on his knees for the rest of the movie. I mean, I felt so bad for him. I'm like, oh no. Well, you poor dude. I wanted to pick him up and make him feel... <laughs> like, I kept thinking he really needs to, like, lay down. Like, even if he has to lay down on uh, on his chest or something, because... Just sitting up on his knees after they've been kicked out like that had to fucking hurt that whole time. And Daredevil goes for the kill and blow because, you know, he's a murderer. Yeah. uh, And decides at the last minute not to kill Kingpin. Yeah. And Which is funny because I made a joke that he missed because it didn't sound like he hit anything. And then he actually did. And dude's like, why didn't you kill me? Because I'm not the bad guy. The fuck you're not, sir. (laughs) Dude, you are... Such a bad guy. Like let's like let's consult our uh lawyer knowledge here. And our body count. Yeah. So attempted murder, murder, assault, assault with a deadly weapon, uh breaking and entering. Yeah. Being a vigilante itself yeah, is a crime. Vigilantism, yeah. Poor John Coffey. But <laughs> I I'm sorry, but that's what I'm leaving the movie with. Like, poor John Coffey. <laughs> But he's all like, yeah, go ahead and tell all the guys at Rikers about how you get your ass beat by a blind guy. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. And then we get this really uh, cool artistic scene where there's uh, blood and a rose on the floor in front of Fisk. Yeah, listen, where'd the blood come from? I got to assume that that was a compound fracture No, when his knees got kicked out. No, I reject that. If there was a compound fracture, dude would have been on the floor. On his back. That's how tough Kingpin is. He's kneeling on a compound fracture. Just no. Because he refuses to go down. That was, it was like, um, it immediately made me think of, you know, that Seal song, Kiss from a Rose. Yeah. You know. But they spent all their money on Evanescence. Oh, Oh, that would have been an excellent song, though, for the end of the movie. Yeah. Except Batman already used it. Oh, well, they don't really care about copying each other, so why not? And then just a... Just to drive the rose theme home, uh, Daredevil throws a rose off a building and the petals fall as it falls to the ground. And he says, this one's for you, Daddy. Oh, yeah, but not nothing for his dead girlfriend. Yeah. Because, you know, she died earlier. Um, and, and he's supposed to be, like, really wrecked by that. And then we get some more banter between him and Foggy in the cafe, I guess, a couple days later. Sure. We see Foggy sniffing his coffee to make sure that... <laughs> When a Jennifer Gardner almost lookalike comes in. Ish. Yeah. You know, I'm just envisioning this dingleberry daredevil. Every time someone opens the door, he wistfully 
glances towards it. Like, oh, it's not her. It can never be her because she's dead. But he goes out running rooftops and finds a a copy of her Lucky Charm necklace in Braille like he'd asked for. Yeah. So she's not dead? She's apparently not dead. I mean, she's getting her own movie. She's not dead. Well, she... She died. We watched her die. Hopefully, they will explain that better than they explained Whistler. Listen here. Well, can we watch Electra next? Because I need to see this shit. No, we got a while before we watch Electra. When did that come out? I've never even heard of this. What was I doing when this movie came out? I That I cannot tell you. We have one, two, three, four, five more movies before we get to Electra, which came out in 2005. 2000. There are five movies came out in two years? We've got two more from 2003, three from 2004. Yeah, shit's ramping up. 2005. Babe. What were we doing in 2005? Uh, that would have been my second trip to Iraq. Oh, well, no wonder I haven't heard of it. Again, I didn't watch grown-up movies <laughs> when um, you were in Iraq. Then we get us. We really we close out the movie with a scene uh, where the reporter is writing a report outing Matt Murdock. Yeah, and then decides not to. Well, he should have. The guy's a criminal. But he's doing good things, and that's debatable. Even if all you're killing is is bad guys, you're still a bad guy. And then he comes out of the building. And he says something, he, he uses Matt's name looking at Daredevil, and Daredevil nods at him like, so they both know that they both know. And then woohoo and after credit scene. Yeah. Yay. Uh, I always forget there's an after credit scene until you start fast forwarding. I'm like, what are you doing? And I go, oh yeah, after credit scene. After credit scenes are awesome. Are they though? They are. Uh, this after credit scene, not so awesome. Yeah, because it's just bullseye in a full body cast killing a fly. (laughs) Well, now we know that bullseye is not dead, so that when Electra comes back around, um, you know, we can watch Will Ferrell pretending to be bullseye in the next movie. Not Will Ferrell. Oh, no! I'm I was making a joke. Oh, okay. Because you know it's gonna suck. I mean, and full offense to Will Ferrell. It's going to suck. That's rude. You know what? Um, what did he ever do to you? He gets paid enough money to not give a shit about my opinion. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure he's funny to somebody. God. Ugh. So. I didn't even know what to do with myself at the end of this movie. I It, it just left me feeling disappointed and empty. So trying to connect this to the to the larger Marvel continuity, I stop asking that question, man. I I don't see where this one like no because and it doesn't even matter. This is Hell's Kitchen. Um, there is there is a a series of Marvel comic that they subcategorized as Marvel Knights with a K. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it focused in Hell's Kitchen. It was more. Well, I mean, because that's a great name for a place. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a comic book. It focused on more adult themes. There was more violence and, and bloodshed in it. actual murder? Yeah. And uh, my version of superheroes, they don't... You know, I grew up with Superman. Superman doesn't kill people. It tended to be less connected to the rest of the comics. 
Yeah. Well, um, it would have to be because there's some, he's a bad guy. There's some vigilante out there killing people. And yeah. like Professor Xavier should be coming and saying, hey, you know, if you're going to do this, you need to be managed. Yeah. And this is, this is definitely a Marvel Knights movie. He should be best friends with um, the guy I always called Daredevil accidentally. Deadpool? Deadpool. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, Deadpool's name should be Daredevil. Well, and uh, sure. And as we're going to see when we get to the Netflix shows, mm -hmm. he's going to tie closer into Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and the we Punisher. Who? I can't tell. Oh, I can't tell you how excited I am to watch those. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I'm not going to mind watching uh, the first season of Jessica Jones again. Oh, yeah. The only reason you got me to watch that was David Tennant. And the Purple he was Man. Fucking spectacular. The Purple Man is awesome. He is. He is a perfect villain. Oh God, it was so good. It was so good. Oh, speaking of which, speaking of things actually being good, I just wanted to say. I don't know if you cut it out or not. Last podcast, and I was freaking out about them bringing all of the universes into this universe. Mm -hmm. Since that podcast, we watched the newest Spider-Man, and I've been thinking about it all week. I didn't. I hadn't even been thinking about the other movies we were watching. I've been thinking about the Spider-Man movie all week. I actually did enjoy it, and the way they're bringing all of the different universes, all the different Spider-Mans, and, and making that make sense. It made sense to my brain. I did not have enough faith in them because I thought it was all going to be dumb. But it made sense. I feel better. I'm not angry about it anymore. It's going to be okay. Told you. Well, you know, I just, they have not earned my trust. I wish the listeners could hear the smile on my face. They can. I can see your dimples. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be okay. It made sense. And uh, I can't tell you how much I love seeing Tobey Maguire. All right. So this is where you pick out the best part of the movie. The best? Oh, shit. I forgot to look for the best part of the movie. I was I, I thought I was going for the worst part of the movie. I wrote all the worst parts down. <laughs> okay. Um, let me think really hard. <laughs> The best part of the movie was mom making a tits joke. <laughs> How am I supposed to pick the best part of this movie? I, uh, okay, too easy, too easy. The best part of this entire movie was Kevin Smith. Okay. His enthusiasm and excitement about being in the movie made the whole movie worth it. Okay. He was adorable as fuck. And how excited he got about the the cane and what it could do. Yep, I loved it. That was a shining light in the entire movie. Okay, now, Jay, <clears throat> what was the worst part of the movie? Every scene with Colin Farrell. You can't pick out every scene. You picked out every scene with Kevin Smith. There was one scene! <laughs> Which, okay, there had to be one scene with Colin Farrell that was the worst of all of those. I mean, yes. The 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 catching of the stained glass. Oh, Jesus. I would fully agree with that. Like he was Neo. No, Bugs Bunny, I'm telling you. It, it was just, it was bad. His power. Which was, is what? I mean. That he doesn't miss. 
Is that a power? It is a power. There's like a magical... I don't know how he got his power. I am not versed on Bullseye. Uh, I know that he is a very well-paid, very well-respected assassin in the assassin community mm-hmm. of Marvel. There's a Marvel assassin community. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, okay. That's where Deadpool like gets hired oh, from. Is, is Deadpool a yeah. hired assassin? Yes. I know that Bullseye has a rich history. It is not one that I am super versed in. Well, I wish they'd given us some of it. Um, they they told us absolutely nothing about him I, in the whole movie. Him. He Except is, we know he's Irish. Yeah. He doesn't like being, you know. All of that is the worst. They, yeah, okay. They could have spent much more time giving me more Kingpin. Yeah. As the big bad, he really should have had more screen time. Yeah. I feel like, here's the thing, though, and maybe other people have a different opinion. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan is not a good bad guy for me. I know he's ginormous, um, and he looks like he would be a good bad guy. But he's just, he just doesn't feel like a bad guy. And in this movie, they didn't give him any room to become a bad guy. Well, and that's the thing about Kingpin is he's he's not an evil villain. He is a businessman who has to do bad stuff to get things done. Well, but I did He's a professional. I mean, how much of that did you even get in the movie? Very little. Really? We saw him what? Four times? I mean, he he said that it wasn't personal, it was business. It's all business. I can't stand it when people say that shit. Because every time someone says that across the board, it's extremely personal to the person they're personally murdering. <laughs> Jesus. So time to put this on the Marvel list. Oh, this is the worst part. I don't know where it goes. It's okay. It's better than uh, Howard the Duck. Okay. It's better than Blade. Better than Blade, you think? Okay. Yes. I'd watch this second time before I'd watch Blade a second time. Blade 1, not Blade 2. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, Better than... But I think it was better than Blade 1. I, uh, it was not better than X-Men. Definitely not better than X-Men. So, above Blade, below X-Men? Here's where I could argue. And... and... <sighs> okay. Blade One, yeah, had better fight scenes. Mm-hmm. I quantitatively better fight scenes. Well, it was obvious that Wesley Snipes put more effort into learning his martial arts. The I'll give you that. The story was uh, there were no extraneous characters in Blade One. Well, yeah, because that was those were bare bones characters. Um, so I I would have to put Blade above this. So if I told you, if I put a gun to your head and said you have to watch one of these movies a second time, you'd pick Blade. I'd pick Blade over over Daredevil. Yeah. Okay. I will give you know. I think I have to give you that one because the fight scenes were really rough in. Uh, the Daredevil movie. I mean, the motivations are the same for both characters. You killed my parent. I want to kill you. Yeah, well, yeah. 
And uh, well, that's uh, a good argument for not liking any of these damn movies. All uh, the motivations are the same. Uh, a half human, half vampire who's trying to protect the world, to me, is slightly stronger than. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. You're right because because he has a personal struggle that Daredevil doesn't have. You're you're right. Okay. I'll I'll give you that one. It's really not that much of an argument, honestly. All right, so that puts Daredevil at number number four of six on the Marvel list. I mean, okay. Above Howard the Duck? Above Howard the Duck, below Blade. Okay, I mean, yeah. Right. And as always, listeners, if you disagree with that placement, please write us. Let us know your opinion. Yep, we're here on Facebook, on Twitter, at Movie Night Pod, and... Uh, Marvel Movie Night Podcast at gmail.com. All one word. You know, I I need to look up Electra's story. I need to know what craziness I'm in for here. Well, we've got time. That's what not what we're watching next week. No. What are we watching next week? Next week we go back to the X-Men universe. Okay. For X2. And again, I I don't I honestly don't know if I watched that or not. Um, I don't know what the story is. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to feature a lot of Wolverine's past. Oh, is this the Wolverine's butt movie? I don't know if it's Wolverine's butt movie. Okay. Um, uh, it's the one where we see how he got the adamantium in his... Yeah, we're okay, going to learn so, about Stryker, um, Wolverine's past. Um, okay, so I did see this in the movie theater because you wanted to see it. And I saw the commercials where we got to see Wolverine's booty. <laughs> and I was like, I maybe, maybe I can make a sacrifice to watch that movie with you. <laughs> and uh, Magneto's going to escape from his plastic cell. Okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, dude is significantly better built in this movie. Yeah. By Wolverine the t- is. By the time the second one comes around... Uh, Hugh Jackman is ripped. He is jacked. <laughs> he is a huge jacked man. Yes, he is. I I enjoy him. I especially enjoy him in that movie. I remember liking that movie quite a lot. Not as much as my mom liked Kevin Costner in Robin Hood, but you know. <laughs> All right, that's that's Marvel in the movie night. Thank you for joining us. Yep. Join us next week for Wolverine Booty. <laughs> Uh, please subscribe, tell your friends, give us a rating that'll move us up and hopefully other people will find us. <laughs> but only if you think we deserve it. I mean, honestly. Only if we deserve it. Or if you like us, even if we don't deserve it. <laughs> and you're our friends and you want us to have more people listening so you're not yep. the only ones. We've got dozens of listeners at this point. <gasps> we have tens of listeners? Dozens of. <laughs> Uh, and we'd love to have more, and we'd love to hear your opinions. Absolutely. Um, and as always, join us on Friday night, watch the movie, and then meet us on Tuesday. For uh, Marvel we'll Movie talk Night. About it. We'll see you next week. For Marvel Movie Night. Yeah, I talked over you. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs>